Okay, so we're going to be in 1 John chapter 2. Just to set the context of it, it's helpful for us to know what it is that we're reading and where it's coming from. The context of this is that previously in the letter, the hearers of the letter, or we, have been told not to love the world or to place our hope in the things of the world because they will not last. These things will pass, and so we're not to pin our hopes on those things. And we've also been warned that we're not to be deceived but we're to be reminded of what it is that we know that is true. Because it can be very easy to either forget or to be drawn away from the truth by other things. And so these verses that we're going to read together, this is what is true. And so this might be the first time you're hearing this. Or this might just be a reminder for you. But for all of us, it is good for us to hear these verses. So we're going to read from chapter 2 and verse 26, and then we're going to read through to 3, verse 3. It says this, And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. See, what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is, and everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. Most people believe that their lives are their own. And they live as if they are Lord of their own lives. Yet, as we've already started to remind ourselves this morning, actually God brings people into his family so they no longer live for themselves, but instead they belong to him. And as those who belong to him, they now live for him. In these verses, there was a part where... It speaks about, see what love the Father has given to us. And as I was reading that, I was reminded of in the Gospels in John 3.16, where it says that, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. If you... If we go back to the questions we asked at the start, as we were thinking about hope, do you remember we said that each of those people found themselves in situations that required help to escape from it? And what we've just read in those John 3.16 verses is exactly the same. Each one of us was in in a place and in a position that required help. Because we were in our sin, and we were separated and far from God, and yet because of the love that God has for us, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross, to take our sins, and then to be raised again to life. So we have the promise that what what has happened to Jesus will also happen to us in terms of the life eternal that we will have with God. But it was the love that God had for us. Love not just to make us acquaintances, Love not just so that we're tolerated, but in order that we are welcomed into God's family. 
It's not just that we've received forgiveness. That would be far beyond what we could ever have hoped or deserved in the first place. But we've been welcomed in as his children. We now belong not to ourselves, but to God himself. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. I'm going to be honest with you, coming in this morning, I need to be reminded of this. So I feel confident, actually, that each one of us needs to be reminded of this. Being God's child is the most wonderful way to live. I'm going to say that again, because I'm talking to myself. Being God's child is the most wonderful way to live. It is the most joyful, freeing, and fulfilling life. And as we live, we no longer live as Lord of our own life, but as God's children. And in doing so, we have confidence. In doing so, we don't need to live in shame. We don't need to live in fear any longer because we have hope that remains. Even as this world passes away, even as the things that we've probably put our hopes in or put our security on, those things will fade away. And yet in God, as his children, we have hope that remains. If everything else were to pass away, if we lost everything else in our lives, we would still have certain hope. Only hope. Because we belong to him. At the start, when we took that moment just to kind of quieten our hearts, I spoke about those who were maybe feeling weary, those who had failed, those who were sinners, all of us. There is good news for us today. And the good news is that yes, we might be weary, we might be failures, we might be sinners, but we have hope. Not in our circumstances, not in our own ability, but in the truth that through Jesus, in life and in death, we belong to God. And in verse 3, it says that everyone who thus has hope in him purifies himself as he is pure. What that means is that our lives reflect where we find our hope and where our hope is found. And as we hope in Jesus with the Spirit's help, with the Spirit's leading, we become more and more like him. Which should work its way out in every area of our lives. Although sometimes we may still prefer to be Lord of our own lives. I know that's true for me. There are occasions where I would prefer to be Lord of my own life. But we're going to think on that a little later. We're going to come back to that. Our only hope is not found through striving. It is not found through achievement. It is not, for, not found through rule keeping or in our ability or in our strength to hold, keep hold of it. It is found in who we belong to. And we need to take hold of that. And we need to let that truth take root in our minds, but we also need to let it take root in our hearts. Being adopted into God's family means that we get all of the great things with being part of the family. And we trust in God in life and in death, knowing that he is with us and that he alone 
is where our hope is found. Amen? We're going to come and we are going to worship. I'm not going to sing. You'll be, I'm going to sing, but not through the microphone. You'll be pleased to know. But we, um, we're going to use I sing again this week. I just think it would just be really helpful for us. But as we come and worship, we're going to sing about hope. We're going to sing about the hope that we have. We're going to sing about the work that Jesus has done and the salvation that we've found in him. And as we come to worship, I just want us to just reflect on the truth of what we've already considered this morning, of what we've already heard, of what we've already shared in our conversations with one another. Tell God what it means to you as you're worshipping. Tell God what it means to you to be part of his family. Maybe actually you're in a place where you're really struggling this morning. Even as part of our worship, you can come to him and just say, God, I need you. Would you come and meet me in my weakness? Would you come and meet me in my failure or whatever it may be? But let's turn our eyes to him. Let's come and worship him. I'd invite you, if you'd, if you'd like to, would you stand? Let's kind of ready ourselves uh, to come and worship. Uh, and we're going to start by singing in Christ alone. What a great song to just declare these truths.